I just like to say, are we live? Um, what is going on? How's everybody doing on this chilly late February evening? Um, I'm doing this on Saturday. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I am keeping it cozy today. Not much going on. I am watching The Sopranos and doing work, and that's about it. I'm still not finished with rewatching it, but it is without a doubt the best show of all time. All these people talking about all these Netflix shows and Game of Thrones coming back and blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Sopranos is the best TV show of all time. Come see me. Um. Anyway, <laughs> hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing pretty well myself. Uh, things are going splendid. I'm back on the social media grinds. Uh, I wasn't taking a break per se, but I was just not really going after it. Just working some other things got in the way. But I'm back on my BS and I will be posting a lot. Um, so get ready for that. And today, we're just, I'm going to jump right into it. Normally, I spend 10 minutes just blah, blah, blah about whatever. Not today. We're going to jump right into it. And because, uh, you know, New York, the weather's starting to get a little better. And uh, it's the shittiest time of the year. So what are you going to do about it? Nothing, right? And I didn't have any major run-ins on the subway or anything this week. Nothing too crazy. Just the yush. You know what I mean? So we're jump right into it. What is today going to be about? Welp, I'm talking about social media, and I've been thinking about doing this episode for a long time, and I'm finally getting around to it. I might do a part two, I might do a part three, because part of the reason why I started this podcast is um, I wanted to build something on social media just as an experiment. This whole thing's an experiment. This podcast was an experiment slash commitment, um, trying to market it is also another ongoing experiment that I've had many successes with, a lot of failures with, um, but it's been a good learning experience. So Instagram is one of, it's been out of all the platforms, the platform that I took uh, time and focus on learning rather than Twitter so much or YouTube or Facebook, who uses that? So I jumped right into Instagram and I went deep, 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 deep. Bought ebooks, joined uh, private forums, uh, did a ton of research watching YouTube videos, going to these free training webinars that are all bullshit and are actually sales pitches where at the end they try to squeeze you for hundreds of dollars to join their 
little program and Facebook group and blah, 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 blah. I tried all that stuff. I took an investigative journalism approach and just went in deep, spent some money on it, played with Instagram, ran into this ongoing issue that I'm still facing, but I feel like going ahead, I've kind of figured it out. I'll get into it in a second. But I want to talk today just about everything I've learned over the past, uh, let's say, about, I'll say eight to nine months when it comes to exploring Instagram and kind of like this sort of shady gray hat-ish underworld of Instagram marketing and Instagram growth. If any of you have serious aspirations about growing your Instagram, you know, this is going to be a tell-all, at least as far as what I know. And uh, I'm holding nothing back. A lot of the stuff I had to pay to learn. I don't give a shit. I don't believe in withholding information for, you know, the sake of getting people to buy your crap that's just words, basically, and the same words that other people are trying to sell to. There's nothing that proprietary about this. Everyone that's deep into Instagram marketing all knows the same shit, more or less. And, uh, you know, different tactics work better for different people just based on their journey on growing an Instagram. Um, but there's no like magic formula and a lot of this stuff you can find on Instagram if you spend a ton of time. A lot of the Instagram video, uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram, on YouTube, a lot of the YouTube videos about Instagram are uh, pretty bad. But if you were to spend hours and hours, um, you would learn all about the stuff that I'm about to say. If you weed out the good videos from the from the baloney videos. Um, so, Instagram. I think a lot of people have heard about or maybe even tried out, you know, buying stuff, buying likes, buying followers, buying comments, even shout outs. What's a shout out? Shout outs are when you uh, pay a quote unquote influencer. Ugh, I hate that. I hate influencers. What are you influencing? Everyone wants to be an influencer. Almost everyone claims they're an influencer. So if everyone's an influencer, what the hell? Who's getting influenced? You know what I mean? Like Kylie Jenner, she's an influencer. She can say she's an influencer, but some of these 10K accounts calling themselves influencers, you know, grow up. Just grow up. But anyway, buying shout outs is when there's stores online to do it. You find an Instagram account that's big and you pay them and then they uh, shout you out either on a story or on a post and tag your account. <sighs> a lot of uh, debate about how effective they are. I have not personally found them very effective, but uh, some people swear by them, and I think the effectiveness boils down to niche, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, but basically... I think nowadays the way most people try to grow their Instagram who are not, you know, all up in it, go to like black hat marketing forums to learn about all this crazy crap like me. Most people post their content, maybe do a little bit of hashtag research or you just make up a bunch of hashtags and that's about it, right? That's really about it. The casual Instagram person who wants to grow but doesn't really care that much. It's mostly just to show their friends. But, you know, when you got your avocado toast and it's looking all splendid with the lighting and whatnot, you might want to leave some hashtags and get some other people into your post, right? That's how most people on the base level try to grow their account. 
Then there's the next level, which is being a little more serious about growing your account. If you have, I don't know, a podcast, for example, right? A podcast, you can share it with your friends if you want. But unless you're like super popular, you're not going to get that many followers just sharing with your friends, right? So when you're trying to grow something that has some sort of like brand attached to it, and you research how to grow your Instagram account, you tend to run into the very popular method of follow-unfollow. What is follow-unfollow? It's pretty simple. You uh, basically scout other accounts that you think would be likely as a candidate to follow you back if you were to follow them. So basically, you look for accounts that have less followers than what they follow from a ratio standpoint because you know it's common sense if they follow a lot of people they're very liberal in their follows because some people aren't they're more likely to follow you so you just do this you grind at it you just follow tons of accounts that are likely to follow you back are within kind of the you think would be they would be interested in your content and you just keep grinding, keep grinding. There's a lot of ways to scout and prospect these accounts. One could be based off hashtag keywords. Another way can be like finding the top um, Instagram accounts that are in your your general niche. Uh, so if you're like have a fitness page or something like that, find the biggest fitness accounts in the world and you start commenting on those accounts and then find people also commenting and then going and scouting people who follow that big time fitness account and also tend to leave a lot of comments. Cause at the end of the day, it's all about engagement. Um, engagement is what matters most. And the way you generally measure engagement ratio uh, percentages, sorry, is by, Looking at your followers, looking at your average comments per post, looking at your average likes per post. That is how you measure engagement on an account. But that being said, you know, followers is kind of like the first step when it comes to like getting influencers involved and stuff. You generally need to have a certain level of followers so that even though followers seem to matter less and less and engagement ratios seem to matter or percentages again sorry can't talk seem to matter more and more there's still this baseline it's kind of like a roller coaster you have to be this tall to ride this ride so that's why followers matter and that's why people still buy fake followers in 2019 i'll get back into why you should never ever 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 i'm doing the chris jericho ever buy fake followers um but First, I want to just get back on track to the basics of follow-unfollow. Follow-unfollow, you don't do. If you download any Instagram ebook, you don't do it because it hurts your engagement. Um, People who you do follow-unfollow with are not coming to you because of your content. They're coming to you because you already followed them, and then they're just checking you out. And you might get engagement off of it, but you might not. And another thing um, that you don't want to get caught up in is if you follow and follow and you're following tons of people and you're getting maybe a 10% or 20% return on those follows, you're going to wind up with a lot more people you're following than people following you. And then you got to start just unfollowing people, some of who 
might be followers of you and then they unfollow you. So it's just this game of just flipping follows and unfollows where long term it doesn't really give you a whole lot of value. You're always going to be maybe at best 100 to 200 followers more than what you're following. And then if you try to check that by, you know, trying to follow maybe like one third of the people that follow you, you're going to get a lot of unfollows because people are going to realize that they're unfo- you unfollowed them and they're going to unfollow you. So it's just this big game of bullshit fake tag Um, Because people download apps like reports and stuff like that that tells you people who unfollow you. You know, there's all these apps that show you this kind of information now. Um, It's not as easy as 2014 to do this stuff anymore. So that's why follow and follow doesn't work. Um, But people still do it. And it's the, the most popular strategy to grow your account initially. And I would say personally do it just to build your first couple hundred followers, just to build your your small little base. But, I mean, people go in deep with this. Like social media marketing agencies, you know, with them, they all use follow and follow a lot of the time. But the difference is they automate it by using bots. Botting is huge on Instagram. It's been huge for a long time. uh, The New York Times did a deep dive on Instagram bots last year pretty much a year ago last march in 2018 about how um there's now companies and the company that they profiled in new york times is called dovetail out of new york city that is solely basically an instagram policing agency that works with marketing companies and branding companies and social media companies to figure out whether or not these marketing companies' clients' Instagram pages pages are getting crawled by bots or not, um, they use their own proprietary analytics to find this. But there's new companies emerging. There's a whole new industry emerging just off Instagram when it comes to bot detection. And bot detection is crazy. I've seen bots for sale on message boards. You can download free bots off GitHub. If you were to just Google Instagram bot Python, Python is the most popular scripting language for Instagram bots, by the way. You'll find in GitHub repositories where you can download your own Instagram bots. Um, And then there's software that kind of does it for you, like Jarvi. Jarvi is the biggest Instagram. It's a total social media platform. They do it for Twitter and other things too, but for Instagram... All these marketing agencies, either they use their own thing or they use Jarvi, and they run Jarvi on fake proxies that, based on the quality, usually can go undetected by Instagram. Instagram quarantines a lot of these fake proxies, but if you have quality enough proxies, you can bypass that. And they automate their, uh, their bots to crawl pages based on people they target, and they target people based on inputting certain parameters into the Jarvi platform, just like how many followers they have versus people they follow, how many comments they leave on average, uh, what hashtags do they comment with, pretty much anything you want. It's kind of like Facebook ad targeting. You can get really, 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 really deep with how you target. And then Jarvi 
basically just crawls on these accounts for hours and hours and hours. But there's also these time variables where Instagram will block you if you follow and like too much stuff too quickly. So you set your cadence and uh, you let it roll. So you can go to work, have your Windows laptop with Jarvie crawling pages, liking, following, etc., and uh, yeah, you can be at work working your full-time job and having bots crawl for you on Instagram and grow your page. That's how it works when it comes to follow on follow. And a lot of people are going to say, follow on follow is bullshit because like I just did before. And it is, but people do it to get their initial base going so they're not starting from zero. Because the other way to follow, and this is if you download any ebook, this is what they're going to tell you to do. This is the way to organically grow your account, bar none. This is how all big accounts with like 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 followers usually grow their account unless they become a big brand outside of Instagram organically. And that is the uh, the engagement group hustle, baby. The engagement group hustle, baby. What is that? So engagement groups, let's break it down. Engagement groups have become really popular, and basically what they are are offline groups where you coordinate rounds of liking and commenting each other's posts. So you grow together. Uh, A lot of the times they're exclusive. You have to have a certain amount of followers. Again, it's like the roller coaster thing. You have to be this tall to ride this ride. You have to have a certain amount of followers to join. Um, They're very kind of underground hush-hush you're not going to see a whole lot about engagement groups on Instagram because the whole thing is it's supposed to be it's supposed to look organic. However, I noticed on YouTube videos about engagement groups, people try to start engagement groups there. So if you're don't know where to go um and you want to join join an engagement group, you can start by just looking at YouTube videos in the comment section. And uh, I guarantee you, you'll find people starting engagement groups. Give them your IG account name, and boom. That's uh, that's one way to do it. However, the other ways to do it are as follows. You join a forum, like an underground Instagram forum. Um, and usually on those message boards, there'll be... Somebody starting an engagement group and you drop your account to them in a private message on a forum. And then, of course, the main way is um, DMing people on Instagram. It's like cold calling. It's the new cold calling. It's how you get leads. You DM accounts that you think likely are in your niche and have an Instagram engagement group. And just ask. You ask, you know, 80 people a day, 50 people a day, whatever. Eventually, someone will get back to you. But the only thing is I wouldn't go in cold, meaning like if you have a brand new account, you have 50 followers or whatever, don't try to get into engagement groups yet. It's likely not going to work out for you unless you're willing to pay. Um, but even then, unless you're paying like actual, actual money, they're probably not going to let you in. You probably don't want to start scouting people for engagement groups till you hit at least 500 people, more safely a 1,000, having a 1,000 followers that'll uh that's kind of like the baseline but it's worth a shot either way you know i mean worst case scenario you're in the same position you're in and they don't get back to you no big deal right no harm no foul Uh, but that's the deal with engagement groups and that's how you grow your account fast because the whole key to instagram in a nutshell this is how you grow an instagram in a nutshell ready it's about getting traffic 
to your page by landing on the explore page point blank that's it now nobody really knows how to land on the explore page but the more eyeballs you get on your page the more likely your posts are to land on the explore page and one way to do that that basically most instagram gurus have uh, are all in agreement that works based on their own personal experiences is when you use dm groups and you have some big 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 names in those dm groups people with lots of followers lots of likes comments good engagement percentage um if you get a bunch of those within the first hour because supposedly instagram measures whether to keep you on the explore page based on how you do that first hour of posting that is what's going to get you um landed on the explore page so you kind of know like fuck jerry and big brands like that they know within about 15 10 minutes whether or not their post is going to go viral or not based on what that immediate traffic flow is looking like for them when it comes to likes and comments so the whole key with instagram is to get there and the reason why follow and follow long term is not effective is it doesn't help you get there but what it does is you can build your initial small tiny little base with follow and follow and that gives you a jump off point to start growing your instagram account for real um through you know engagement groups and things like that another thing you can do is start fan accounts fan accounts is a uh another very common tactic to grow pages basically it's you either hire someone to do it or you do it yourself you have one target account that you're trying to grow that's yours and then you make a bunch of other smaller accounts that you also try to grow and then point those accounts to your main account and they're like fans of your main account you might have seen that on your instagram where it's like you know such and such mommy blogger fan blah 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 and then you go to their page and all their pages tag this like mommy blogger and it's some blogger with like 200,000 followers that has a blog and is like kind of big in like the mom advice scene or something like that I mean this is one I got like two days ago that's why I bring it up but yeah fan accounts is another way to get traffic but it's all about traffic generation to land on the explore page Um, that is the name of the game and that is why people are so into this whole botting thing because That is step one, and people want to go fast. People want to, you know, not think long-term. It's all about short-term gains, and that is why people are botting like crazy. And it's kind of uh, thrown the whole influencer marketing agency on a loop because this New York Times article titled Uncovering Instagram Bots with a New Kind of Detective Work from March 12th, 2018. So, yeah, as I said, about a year ago, what they go into is how all of these social media agencies, they knew this day was coming. They knew there was a day of reckoning where people were getting serious about fake engagement. Um, For the past year now, it's pretty much been established that uh, fake engagement doesn't work. Instagram themselves change up their algorithm to crack down on it. But it's still a thing. Um, It is still a thing. It's still happening. It has, Instagram does not, do enough really in my opinion to quarantine fake followers and fake accounts where it's like somebody following 7,500 people with only 100 followers 7,500 is the maximum you're allowed to follow by the way if you didn't know that fun fucked um when you see accounts like that 
that may or may not be in English or in like sort of English and they only have three pictures and they look like screenshots of random ass pictures of like leaves and maybe a car and then maybe a picture of some random person that's a screenshot from a magazine you know you got issues when uh you see something like that and uh new york times on top of the article they did in march did an article last january so january 2018 all about fake followers and the fake engagement hustle now what's interesting is the timing about this because this past year, it's been a lot more established that doing stuff like buying fake followers is a waste of time. However, New York Times did this article where they talked about how this teenage girl um, from Michigan, I believe, yeah, uh, Jessica Richley, oh, Minnesota, uh, she's just a regular teenager. She has a regular Instagram, and then she discovered that there's a fake version of her that peddles all kinds of stuff like porn ads, real estate investments, cryptocurrency, African radio stations, and a lot of other stuff as a fake account that basically was used by a social media marketing growth company called Devumi to endorse, like, engage with, and promote their clients' content. Their clients range from celebrities to, obviously, real estate companies, porn companies, and African radio stations, turns out. But yeah, Devumi got grilled heavy in this article by the New York Times, and they deny everything, but it's pretty hard to deny. It sounds kind of silly when you can kind of piece together the data that's out there. And they, you know, they have celebrity clients, but what they do is they find pictures of real people and basically make these fake identities about them seemingly based on this article um and it just seems really bad because you know it's like people are getting basically catfished where they find another version of themselves that's fake and you're just like oh shit but you know they're cracked down starting to get real with this stuff for a while you know that's literally buying social currency um during the last election a lot of bloggers and people that endorse you know, Trump or whoever, a lot of alt-right people bought fake followers from Devumi to try to raise their profile and hence their voice. So just to give you a little quotey quote here, it says uh, in this article, Devumi's customers include both avid supporters and fervent critics of Pre President Trump and both liberal cable pundits and reporter at the alt-right bastion Breitbart Randy Bryce, an ironworker seeking to unseat Representative Paul Ryan of Wisconsin, purchased Devumi followers in 2015 when he was a blogger and labor activist. Louise Linton, father, uh, the wife of Treasury Secretary Stephen Munchen, bought followers when she was trying to gain traction as an actress. So yeah, a lot of like actors and uh, people trying to get into politics do this, celebrities do it, and it's all terrible because they need to engage with you they need to comment on your posts they need to like your posts and maybe you can buy a follow-up package that where they, this happens because i know you can do that but then you're getting in this trap of all of your engagement coming from dollars and i would think the whole point ultimately with instagram is to either just organically grow your base or monetize your social media presence at some point right
Sounds like it makes sense. Um, but if you're spending money on followers, you are starting this money suck where all of your engagement is dependent on cash. So that's why it's dumb, people. But I just wanted to show that there's been uh, a lot of mainstream press about fake followers, bots, etc. Um, I'm only using the New York Times because the New York Times is kind of like the canonical publication of journalism these days. So I figured I'd just use uh, some of their content to just kind of shed light on how big of an issue this is. And just show you how personal it can be because they, they spotlighted this teenager in Minnesota who had her identity basically taken to uh, promote Canadian real estate investments, right? So it's some shady shit, but there's a lot of shady shit. Uh, personally, what I've done in the past, it was a mistake on a lot of levels, but I've done it anyway, was I bought some small accounts from this dude on a message board to grow my accounts organically like my thinking was all right i'm not doing any of this fake follower crap it's stupid and it's too much money anyway but if i buy another account that is similar to the account i'm trying to grow that has a bigger base already um it's all good in the hood right not so fast so what here's the story of me failing at growing on instagram what I did was I had an account at the time that was kind of like a streetwear, fashion, sneakery type of thing I was trying to grow, and I was on his message board, and this was about, I want to say like six or seven or eight months ago at this point. Um, uh, this guy makes a post saying he's selling Instagram accounts, and he's like, Gives you this screenshot of all the types of accounts that he has available and says DM him, blah, blah, blah. So I DM him because he has a, a, a sneaker brand account available. And it's pretty cheap. It was like 100 bucks, I think, something like that, which is very cheap for a Instagram account with thousands of followers. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll do that. It'll be a fun little experiment, whatever. I'm blowing all my money on Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, XRP anyway. At the time, I was all up in that. Did not work out for me either. But point being is, uh, you know, what's $100 at this point? So I contact the guy. I say I'm interested in buying. He says, okay, pay me on PayPal. I'm like, all right, I'm throwing this $100 away, whatever. I give it to him, and then he gives me the password and email to log into the account. And what I realized is all these accounts are like, uh, they're, they're like out of Russia. So the email was like a Russian email address. It was like .ru, um, which is like every email in Russia, supposedly. So I log into it. It's super weird. All like the passwords are totally bogus, um, nonsensical strings of characters. So I switch all that. I kind of rebrand it real quick. But where I went wrong was I want to grow or I wanted to grow my account with Americans. I wanted American followers. The follower base of this account was mostly out of Asia. I would say I would say a good 75 to 80 percent of my followers were Asian. Um, 
so, and I don't mean Asian like, like Asian ethnicity. I mean like living in Asia, Asian, don't speak English. I looked at all the followers and a lot of them, you know, their profiles are in another language, different characters, etc. So I was like, shit. Um, I posted stuff. Still grew a little bit here and there, but the engagement is terrible. I still have that account to this day. I'm still growing it very, very slowly for fun. But it's a lesson learned in that when it comes to buying accounts with followers, the followers don't really matter. Followers need to be American followers. You need to be geo-specific if you're going to buy an account, where that account's coming from. And you need to have the opportunity to be able to engage organically like you would by just commenting on anyone's post. And you need that to work. If there's a language gap and a cultural gap, it's not really going to work. Because even if there's a translate button, what you might be saying might be slang. Slang doesn't get picked up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus your posting times. There's all this research about when's the best time to post during the day, but a lot of that's based on the United States. So for me, like with that account, I post late at night so people in Asia can see it, and I'm locked into that BS that I don't want to be locked into. So I'm slowly transitioning the account to have more American followers and less Asian ones. Not that I don't want Asian followers. I just don't want all Asian followers because that's really hard to grow. Um, for me, because I don't know how to, if someone gave me a Japanese Instagram account, I would have no idea how to grow it content wise. So that's where I'm at with that one, but that's a lesson learned, but there's all kinds of dark shit on these message boards. Um, you know, people selling botting services. I've seen that a few times, people selling proxies and giving guides on how to set up your proxy. But that's a big deal because what happens is if you have a bad proxy, you're going to get blocked Um, or you get shadow banned, which Instagram says isn't real, supposedly, and Twitter says it isn't real. It's 100% real. It's really easy to check. What shadow banning is is basically when Instagram stops showing your posts when you put them out to people, but they don't tell you. They don't send you an email saying, you know, you're now banned or whatever. They just kind of block your engagement without you knowing um but if you have more than one account it's very easy to check because you you put a hashtag in for the account that you think is shadow banned send out a post and then switch accounts and then search for that hashtag and make it like a smaller hashtag so the likelihood of it showing up is very good not like hashtag nike that has like millions of posts and then um right after you post it you search for that smaller niched hashtag, and uh, if it's not there, that means you're probably shadow banned. So, and I've I've seen people do this, and when they're checking, and the post doesn't show up. So, I think shadow banning is definitely a real thing. But uh, you're pretty good as long as you don't do a lot of like follow and follow, and you don't have a bot crawling and liking and unliking and following and unfollowing way too often. I think that's the only time you really get in trouble with the shadow ban thing. Or you just type some super racist shit. But uh, you probably deserve it if you're going around doing that stuff on the gram. But anyway, the point being is on these message boards, you can find crazy, 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 crazy shit. Another thing that I found is uh, Instagram marketing agencies offering packages where... Because a lot of these... 
the community around these message boards are people that are either learning or already professional Instagram marketers specifically. Um, but one thing that I see is like a high level Instagram marketing agency sometimes will offer, if you pay them like a few grand, you can whitelist their services, start your own agency, but pass off clients to them and use their proprietary services. Um, and pretend like you're doing it basically. So you can literally buy social media agency technology and skills and start your own agency without doing any real like heavy work, but you're, you're thousands of dollars in the hole per client. So, you know, it's one of these things that works out for them might work out from you if your goal is only just grow a business, but you can literally buy whitelisted Instagram marketing services on message boards these days where they're going to do, you know, follow and follow. Um, they're going to do maybe, you know, you know, networking, engagement pods, all that stuff. Because um, a lot of these marketing agencies have massive networks and also have proprietary technology for crawling when it comes to follow and follow, geolocation targeting. Like if you're a small business, you're in, you know, Brooklyn, New York, um, the people you want to follow you are not people in texas and oklahoma you want people in new york city at worst new jersey and long island to follow you because at the end of the day you want clients right and the odds of someone in texas being a client other than maybe a one-time deal when they're on vacation you know not high at all um so geo-specific targeting when it comes to people that are potential followers are another thing that these uh marketing agencies have proprietary technology to help with but you can do it on a low level yourself you know just by using um location-based hashtagging when it comes to prospecting people um but it's just a very manual thing that takes a lot of time so there's new bots that these marketing agencies use to automate that process if you were to just Google message board for Instagram growth, you'll find a few and you'll find a lot of these types of posts there where you can kind of deep dive on how agencies grow Instagram accounts if that's something you're into. Um, In terms of like the real heavy duty tactics, that kind of covers it. So basically follow and follow is a good way to build an initial small base, but not a good long-term strategy for growth at all. Um, Botting is still a big deal. If you were to go with an Instagram focused social media agency for growth. They will definitely be using bots using follow and follow to build up your base, particularly if you're not in a very uh, specific niche, which I'll get to in a second. And then engagement groups is one of the biggest ways to grow your account. And you can do that by just looking up people in the comment section on YouTube videos about Instagram growth, um, DMing people, on Instagram about engagement groups, hitting people up over and over again. But I would suggest have at least 500, if not a thousand followers before even starting to do that. Um, Oh, and one other quick thing is just your profile. You want your profile to be super branded. You want it to be very direct. You want to have, if you're trying to like promote a business, have a link to that business in your bio. Um, Using emojis, some people recommend it. I think it doesn't hurt. It makes your profile look a little more playful and welcoming. Um, but yeah, having your profile not look like some crazy fake 
botted account profile in broken English. Um, it's always a good thing. It's always a good thing to spend time getting your profile looking right. But that's basically how you grow in a nutshell and how a lot of these agencies grow your account. Um, the other thing, though, I just want to talk about is picking a niche and niching down. Um, the thing that I always ran into as a struggle when it came to growing my Instagram was the whole niche thing because certain niches on Instagram work better than others because the platform is visual and it's very important if you're serious about growing an account to pick a niche and stick with it and be super thorough, super branded and just on point with your content and just networking within that niche. If you try to do everything, you're trying to do like fitness, you're trying to do um, I don't know, sports, fitness, food, travel, um, cars, etc. You know, no one really knows, unless you're a celebrity, no one really knows who you are. And people like what they like, and they're going to look at your Instagram account as a source for that thing they like. But if your Instagram account just has everything, you're no longer a source for anything. You know what I mean? Jack of all trades, master of none approach. That is so true with Instagram. And it's something I struggle with because this podcast, for example, is Instagram account. I kind of wanted to be a little bit all over the place. I wanted to be a little niche down, but I didn't want to be too niche because I felt like I would get bored with it. If I stuck with one thing, I felt like this show would get boring. Um, but after you know eight months of struggling with this, you know, and spending eight months in Photoshop making these ridiculous edits and releasing them as my content and blah, blah, blah. I took a break, thought through everything, re-strategized this podcast and also the Instagram account, how, what the approach is going to be. And I realized something. I realized at the end of the day, when I do this podcast, it's really just, it's a business podcast at the end of the day. It's talking business. It's lighthearted. It's more like an audio vlog in a lot of the ways. You know, it's like an audio, audio blog, I should say. Audio vlog doesn't make any sense because the V stands for video. But the actual talks themselves focus more around business on some level or the intersection of business and culture. It's very culture-based, but it's also very business-based. So that's what I'm going to do moving forward with the Instagram. The Instagram account is going to be more branded in that business entrepreneur type of sense. All the content will be in that niche one way or another. However, I'm still going to keep it fresh. I'm still going to keep it funky. I'm still going to keep it funny. Um, that's never going to go away. So like the spirit of how I've been doing the Instagram is going to remain the same, but it's going to be under this one specific kind of roof and I'm going to spend more time branding my content so it doesn't look like what it looks like now, which is just a shit show of just colors, styles, everything. Um, I'm going to be taking the style guide approach to how I brand my content. So everything's going to have at least this one little overlay that's going to be blue. And sometimes I'll use white and yellow text. But I'm just going to spend a lot more time branding my content and keeping it focused in the business entrepreneurial marketing kind of sphere but get spicy with it you know get spicy right now a lot of those accounts that are, some of them are even that are pretty big boring as shit they're using stock vector 
illustrations for all their posts. It's just kind of stale to me. But they're growing because a lot of the times the content's good for that niche. But point being is it's really important to niche down. It's something that I failed miserably with with this account for like eight months. And I knew I was failing, but I was just keep doing it because I really didn't want my account to be um, something that I, I felt was like a chore or, or something that was just boring to me. But the, at the end of the day, I was being I was spending so much time with my content and getting so little engagement out of it. It wound up feeling like a chore anyway, even when I had free reign to do whatever I wanted. So now I'm putting some rules around the account. I'm getting all style guidey with it. It's going to be more business focused moving forward, but still it's going to be fun. You know, if I have a graph about, um, you know, being unemployed versus employed versus starting a business versus being an established business, for example, and if it's like a graph with in a traditional post checks and X's to, to showcase, you know, what you have, you know, time, money, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm going to use Jordan, happy face, Jordan, sad face. I'm just going to make it more fun, more me, me, but not a meme account at all. It's not going to be a meme account. It's going to be a digital business entrepreneurship and marketing account from a niche standpoint, but I'm still going to have edits and I'm still going to have funny little, uh, ways of displaying the same kind of content just in a fresher way and i'm excited about starting that process out i just cranked out about like nine posts the other day um i'm gonna start posting it up real soon i just posted today um the first post in this new kind of branded style for last week's episode on uh cbd and cannabis advertising and I did a little Mad Men edit where they're smoking blunts instead of, or joints instead of cigarettes. And then Roger Sterling is wearing some marijuana sunglasses. So it's going to be like that kind of thing moving forward, um, just to let you know. But the whole point of all that is not to just talk about this show moving forward. It's talking about how on Instagram to grow because I want to grow on it at the end of the day. You know, I don't want to invest all this time and not grow. That's just a waste of time. Um, it's about niching down your content. And the types of niches that tend to be easier to grow are always the same things, very visual-based, you know, travel. It's pretty sexist, but the truth is, like, girl accounts, like the ones who are sticking their asses out at the gym while doing squats, those types of accounts are super easy to grow. Um, I believe cars are kind of easy to grow. And then there's stuff like streetwear, sneakers, a little harder, um, I think cats and dogs are very easy. Animals are very easy. Who doesn't like animals? Monsters. That's who. So those are easy to grow. Um, and then I think fitness accounts are somewhat easy to grow, but that's a very oversaturated niche in my opinion. Uh, because you have to be in a gym enthusiast to even care or you want to like lose weight or something. You have a specific goal around fitness. Um, there's a ton of other ones. I can't really think of it off the top of my head. But that gives you kind of an example of the types of niches that I'm talking about. And business entrepreneurship and motivational ones. You know, the ones with just the silly recycled quote over and over and over again from, uh, you know, some general or some shit. Those accounts are are uh, easy to grow, supposedly. I've never done it myself, but that's what I hear. Um, the point being is just stay niche. Do the tactics that I talked about and you will grow your account um, and do not buy fake followers and fake likes and you should be all good. You should be all 
good in the hood. So that's basically it. I just wanted to give you guys an overview of eight months of research when it comes to Instagram growth, struggles, failures, etc. What I did wrong. Um, and what I did right because I'm starting to grow my sneaker account that I bought uh that has all Asian followers. I'm starting to get real growth with that. I went viral on a post two weeks ago. Don't really know why. It's kind of the same hashtags I use with uh, every post, but I think the content was really good. And sometimes you'll see that when you do everything right, you can still not get that much traction. And every now and then a post pops and it just explodes and you don't know why. But a key is when that post pops, always keep track of it and always comment. So if you're getting tons of comments on that post, comment back particularly within that first hour always comment back as much as humanly possible i was up till four in the morning commenting back with people because it blew up. i posted it late at night and it just blew up late at night um and i just had to stay up had to uh comment back to people keep that engagement flow rolling know what i mean but yeah i'm starting to get some wins finally with that account and uh i'm excited to see what happens with this account you know, I'm branding this show as like a business show more, going all in with it, keeping it silly, keeping it lighthearted, but putting it all under that business entrepreneurship roof. And I'm excited going forward. So if you guys are interested in growing your Instagram account, um, stick to these tactics. If you want to do research on your own, I highly recommend it. But don't get caught up in the hype of spending hundreds of dollars on learning some Instagram secret for growth. Literally all the secrets... Those are them in a nutshell. Um, you're better off just cold DMing people and trying to get in engagement groups to grow your account. That's the bottom line. Um, so I hope you guys found this valuable, found this useful. This is stuff you'd have to sign up for webinars to get or sign up for Instagram growth education services or you'd have to buy an ebook to learn all this shit. When really none of it, you know, none of it's crazy. It's not rocket science. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's it. I think that is it for the day. Um, but thank you guys for the support. Hope you guys, if you're into Instagram growth strategy, got some value out of this. And uh, hit us up on socials, Twitter, Instagram, at NRS underscore show. And if you'd be so kind, please leave a review on the App Store um, of your choice. I dropped the ball miserably with asking for this in the past. So now I'm going to start asking to, if you like this show, please leave a review. Even if you don't like this show, leave a review. I don't really care. You know what I mean? I'd rather you just be honest than uh, just pleading for five stars. You know what I mean? I'd rather just would like engagement. Whatever you guys want to rate this show, rate this show. But uh, if you are a listener, a rating would be much appreciated. And uh, again, I just hope you guys got some value out of this. If you're in particular interested about growing your account and you don't know where to start or you've been just doing you know, hashtags over and over again, trying to get things to work, um, hopefully this gives you a big kind of macro level overview on how to actually grow also there are one thing i missed was hashtag research there's a lot of tools you can use for that a lot of apps hashify is one of them um another one is smart hash 
Um, but I would just look into hashtag apps that give you some level of understanding in terms of which hashtags perform better for a niche than others. Uh, a lot of the app tools are fairly basic in their data analysis, but it's better than nothing going blind. And also another trick you can do is in Instagram, you know, before you post something, look up hashtags and look up how many posts um, use that hashtag. If you were to just, here, I'll do it right now. If you go to Instagram, I'm going to look up like, uh, I just did a post about, Cannabis and CBD. So I'll look up CBD, right? So if I do hashtag CBD, you'll see CBD has 5.2 million posts. CBD oil has a million posts. CBD gummies has almost 100,000. CBD flowers has 57,000. And, uh, you know, CBD movement has 116, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can go down to, like, CBD pets. That only has 14,000. And uh, CBD extract has only 7,500. So when it comes to hashtags, knowing how many people have used that hashtag is really important. And when it comes to building out your hashtags, you want a diverse makeup. You want a couple shoot for the moon hashtags, as I call them, which is like the ones with millions. But you don't want too many of those because you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So it's good to target some lower level ones, like in this case, CBD extract or CBD pain relief that only has seven, 8,000. Um, because it's a lot easier to place in the top section for those hashtags. So that's a little bit about hashtagging, and um, but you can get some insights on hashtag performance on apps like Hashify and SmartHash and use that to help with your hashtag research. But the point being is I think most people just throw some hashtags in there, hope people discover them, and uh, you know stagnant in their growth or grow really, 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 really slowly. And I'm trying to give you guys some context on how to switch up that process. So that's all, guys. Thank you so much. Hit us up. Appreciate the support. Love you guys. Have a good one. Hope you have a great week. Thank you. Peace.